Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. We are working our way through 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And in the first section of that chapter, namely verses 1 through 8, we are looking at four items that help us to understand what's coming for the child of God after he dies. You recall that there is first something to know in verse 1, and that is that we have a new body that is fabricated, that is designed for eternity and will be given to us as a never-dying, glorious, perfect body when the Lord returns. Verse 1, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, our present body, which of course it will be, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So that's item number one, something that we need to know. Item number two, something that we feel. In verses 2 through 4, Paul talks about how we feel the weight of corruption in our present bodies, indeed in our present condition. Number two, we feel the vulnerability of our depravity. It causes us to be concerned. It ought to, and it does. We feel the uncertainties of death, knowing that death is coming, and yet there are mysterious elements about it, and we, we wonder about it. We don't want to be unclothed with this present body. That's what, what physical death is, a separation of the soul from the body. And so there are uncertainties relating to death, and these are things that we feel. And in, in the words of this text, we groan earnestly because of them. But then there is, thirdly, something to assure, and that's where we left off on the broadcast yesterday. And something to assure is, number one, the promises of God, and number two, the Spirit of God. Verse 5, Now he who has prepared us for this very thing, that is, for the future, the resurrection of the body and eternity in our glorified bodies, now he who has prepared us for this very, very thing is God. He has promised that that will take place, and we count upon his promises. But there's more than the promise of God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. We have the promise of God, the Word of God, which truly is sufficient. We don't need anything beyond that. But God has also given us a guarantee 
in his spirit, or a guarantee that is his spirit, or a guarantee that is the presence of his spirit, the seal, or the guarantee of God's spirit. And the question is, how do we, how do we detect that? How do we know that we have the Spirit of God? How do we know that we have this seal, this guarantee? And that's a very valid question and a very important question. And we will get into that on this Wednesday, November 30. Thankful that you can be with us and grateful for those whose financial gifts keep us teaching on this station. All right, God has given us the Spirit as a guarantee of these promises that relate to our eternal life with Christ, particularly the resurrection of the body. But the question is, what is the evidence of the Spirit's presence? This is the guarantee, but how do we recognize the guarantee is the question. Again, verse 5, Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. I talked on the broadcast yesterday about the similarity between the Holy Spirit given as a guarantee and when we make a deposit on a house or on a car. And that's the guarantee to the seller that we are serious buyers and that we intend to purchase it and we just need for him to hold it for a little time so we can make the proper arrangements because these are big purchases. They they involve multiple thousands of dollars and most people don't carry that kind of money around in their pocketbook or even have that kind of balance in their checkbook. And so we give a deposit. That's the guarantee. And when the car dealer or the individual who's selling the car has that deposit in their hands, then they have a tangible evidence of our intentions. And likewise, this text tells us that the Holy Spirit is given to believers to give us a tangible evidence of God's intentions. God has told us what he's going to do, and he's promised it. Those are God's intentions, and we believe them because they are the Word of God. But then God gives us a guarantee in the Holy Spirit so that we are doubly assured of his intentions. Now, the question is, what is this seal of the Spirit? How do we know that we have this guarantee? And that's a very good question. And many Christians answer that by saying, well, we can tell that by the um, evidence of speaking in tongues. That tells us that the Holy Spirit is present, and when we have that, then we know that we have the guarantee, and without that, we don't know that, or sometimes other sign gifts. Speaking in tongues is the most obvious one, or, or most commonly offered one. And many people are taught that the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life is that you speak in tongues. Until you speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit, or... Until you speak in tongues, you have no way of knowing that you have the Holy Spirit. Now, there's one very obvious problem with that, and that is that the Scripture is clear, crystal clear, that not all believers are going to speak in tongues, that God does not intend for all believers to speak in tongues, and yet the the same Scriptures are crystal clear that every believer has the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what the Bible says? Um, 
where do we go for that? Let me go to First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. God has appointed these in the churches, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps administrations, varieties of tongues. That includes some of these signed gifts. Are all apostles? Answer, no. Are all prophets? Answer, no. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. 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 So if that is true, and obviously it is, if the Bible says so, the Bible doesn't contradict itself, then this guarantee, this seal of the Spirit, in 2 Corinthians 5.5, cannot be speaking in tongues. The evidence of the Holy Spirit, the seal of the Holy Spirit, the guarantee of the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues or some signed gift. Again, verse 5, Now he who has prepared for us this very same thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Okay, okay, it's, some might say, I'll, I'll grant you that. I can't, I can't contradict what you have said. We cannot say that speaking in tongues or some other signed gift is the evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence, and without that, a person does not have the Holy Spirit. I will grant that every true believer has the Holy Spirit, but how do we know? That's the question. How do we know if we have the Holy Spirit? Where is the guarantee? Where is the assurance? Where's the deposit? Where's the check that we can look at and know that we have the Holy Spirit? Well, I would submit to you that it is as simple as this. The evidence of the Holy Spirit, the guarantee of the Holy Spirit, the seal of the Holy Spirit, whatever term you want to use, is the Holy Spirit's operations of salvation. When you understand what the Bible teaches, that, for example, saving faith doesn't arise from you, but it is the gift of the Holy Spirit, isn't that right? That's what the Bible tells us. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. That faith is the gift of God. And other places we could turn to that tell us that faith is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if you have faith, if you are believing in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, you must have the Holy Spirit. But I'll give you another evidence. Having a keen interest in the Word of God. That's not natural. Faith, saving faith in Jesus Christ is not natural, that's spiritual. An interest in the Word of God is not natural, that's spiritual. Unconverted people don't have that hunger for the Word, that interest in the Word, that desire to understand exactly what the Word says. But if, but those who have the Holy Spirit have those desires. And if you have those desires, then you evidently have the Holy Spirit. Or take the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, so forth. These characteristics that are Christ-like, they're not natural. The works of the flesh are listed just above the fruit of the Spirit. And that's what's natural. You're aware of that, aren't you? Shall I go to Galatians chapter 5 and spell out what I'm talking about? Uh, Galatians chapter 5, we read the following. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are? 
adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If that's the practice of your life, any or some of those things on that list, then you clearly don't have the Spirit of God. But, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. There's the evidence of the Holy Spirit. You want to find, you want to know if you have the guarantee, the seal of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, then look to those things. Do you have saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you committed your soul to him and have stopped trying to work for salvation, but rather are trusting Christ and Christ alone for salvation? Have come to realize that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Where did that come from? That doesn't arise naturally within the human heart. That comes by the work of the Holy Spirit. Why do you even want to know answers to these questions about God's Word? Why are you listening to a radio broadcast that that basically all it does is just teach the Word of God, verse by verse by verse? What gives you a desire to listen to that instead of all kinds of other things that you could listen to on the radio, political and, and uh, all kinds of entertainment that interests unconverted people, but listening to to a broadcast about the Word of God reading the Bible on a regular basis, going to church to hear God's Word taught? Where does that come from? That's not natural. That's supernatural. What about the fruit of the Spirit that you are really earnestly trying to see cultivated in your life, and you're looking for it, and you're you're longing for it, and you are seeing it to some degree? Where did that come from? From the Spirit of God. There's the evidence. Now, He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee And these things that I just uh, revealed to you are the evidence that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace. 